Introduction by Adrian Brooks In many cities around the world, pride is kicked off by a V-shaped wedge of dykes on bikes. They flex their biceps and gun the engines of Harley-Davidson motorcycles before thundering off to the cheers of the crowd. In San Francisco, a parade starting at the bay heads toward the Castro District, the first U.S. neighborhood where it was safe to be gay and visible. Here, a huge rainbow flag flies over a painted wooden village. Particularly today, June 29, 2013, the mood is joyful. The U.S. Supreme Court has just struck down the Defense of Marriage Act, clearing the way for marriage equality. San Francisco's population of 837,000 has swelled to almost double that number, as 1,500,000 tourists and reinforcements flood the spectacle. But in cities and towns from Los Angeles to Boston, many millions of others have also gathered to celebrate. They are legion. Proud parents, gray panthers, people of color, children, transgender people, and bisexuals. There are hilarious images, outrageous costumes. Masons, lions, veterans of foreign wars, elks, boy scouts, representatives of gay churches, synagogues, temples, and mosques. Gay farmers, firefighters, police, and pom-pom-wielding cheerleaders are all elements of a tremendous unity. These are the largest LGBT events in the world. In London, Berlin, Sydney, New York, and San Francisco, the crowds are even larger than Woodstock. Hundreds of thousands of marchers, plus hundreds and hundreds of thousands of wildly enthusiastic supporters, wave flags and rainbow banners as musicians entertain. Politicians express an unqualified endorsement as they salute the nation's founding principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as well as equality for all. Naturally, these include full legal rights, to adopt children, to serve openly in the military, and to marry. Such gains didn't occur in a vacuum or vault into existence without terrific effort. There were victories, but losses too. Yet even for us fortunate ones, it was a long road to get here, to this time, this place. And while such commitment must be renewed by young people coming into their own, again and again, generation after generation, for the work is far from finished, the path spools back to our foundations. In the 19th century, Walt Whitman was tarred as obscene for celebrating the comrade's long-dwelling kiss. Emerson's journals reveal his inchoate passion for a fellow at Harvard. Thoreau swoons for boys bathing at Hubbard's Bend, their skin a pale pink, which the sun would soon tan. And besotted with the splendid but heterosexual Nathaniel Hawthorne, Melville confessed, The soft ravishments of the man spun me around in a web of dreams the more I contemplate him, and further and further shoots his strong New England roots into the hot soil of my southern soul. Even revered leaders invite query. After living with 22-year-old Abraham Lincoln in 1831, a year during which they shared a small bed, Billy Green called Lincoln's thighs as perfect as a human being's could be. From 1837 to 1841, Lincoln lived with a handsome merchant, Joshua Speed. They, too, had a double bed. Thereafter, Lincoln ended some of his letters, yours forever. 
and whenever his wife was away from September 1862 to April 1863, Lincoln shared his bed and a nightshirt with Army Captain David Derrickson, a fact that provoked Washington gossip. Was it to distance with rumor then, or was it to tease his critics, that our 16th president wrote a poem with these lines? For Reuben and Charles have married two girls, but Billy has married a boy. The girls he had tried on every side, but none he could get to agree. All was in vain, he went home again, and since that he's married to Natty.